0: Nothing But the Words, episode number 12. Don't tell a boring story in your book. Welcome to Nothing But the Words, the podcast that gives you everything you need to know to write a phenomenal book. Now, here's your host, your author coach, Candace L. Davis. Hey there and welcome to Nothing But The Words. I'm your author coach, Candice L. Davis. In episode number 10, I shared how you can write a better book by including stories in your book. And in this episode, I want to tell you how to make sure those stories are good. Now, listen, if you have little kids or you've ever been around little kids or you've ever worked with little kids, you know there are some bad storytellers in this world because most children haven't mastered the art of storytelling as small children. And so listening to them tell a story can be like, listening to the most long drawn out thing that you never wanted to hear. And we don't want to do that in our books. We want to tell stories that are captivating and engaging and make the reader know, like, and trust us even more. Earlier today, I spoke with a new coaching client and she has an idea for a business book. It's a great idea. I'm looking forward to helping her write it. But because she's been through the writing and publishing processes before, she showed up for that session with stories she knows she can include in each chapter of her book. She will share the story of how she came to be the expert on the topic and the success that she has created for herself in business, which is fantastic by the way, And that's kind of like her signature story. She'll use that story to demonstrate, hey, I'm the expert upfront early in the book. But then in each chapter, she'll also share a representative case study from a client to illustrate that her processes really do work. So each chapter will be based on a specific strategy and she will share a case study that illustrates that she taught a client how to use that strategy. The client mastered it, implemented it, the strategy and got results. So even a how-to book or a business book should contain elements of story to hook your reader. You should have stories in your book. If you're writing a personal development book, a professional development book, a subject matter expert book, you need to tell stories. If you're writing a memoir, remember that your book is one long story made up of a collection of shorter stories, the moments in your life. Every author, bottom line, needs to master the elements of a good story. There are many formulas out there for how to write a good story. I'm not going to give you a formula. I'm just going to share the elements with you. So here are some of the elements you can use to avoid telling a boring story and tell stories that engage your readers and make them want to keep reading. And let me start by saying that some of this you already know. You know it unconsciously because you've been hearing stories all of your life. You know it because you have grown from the small child who didn't know how to tell a great story to someone who can tell good stories. We tell stories every day. At the end of your workday, you have stories to tell your partner or your spouse. When you visit with a friend you haven't seen in a while and you catch up, you have stories to tell. We as humans are driven by story. You're already doing a lot of it and you're already including a lot of the elements I'm going to share with you here. I just want to bring them up to a level of consciousness so you can make sure that you're including them. And then some of them you won't have thought about because this will be new to you. As for the rest... Once you have a casual knowledge of storytelling, which is what I'm kind of trying to give you here, don't worry so much about these elements when you actually sit down to write. You can add the elements you need to add, delete what isn't working, change what you need to change when you're revising the draft. A lot of authors will get so caught up in doing everything right when they're writing the first draft that they never write anything at all. So don't get caught up in that. Put your story on the page, pour it out, and go back later and make sure that you're including these elements. So let's dive in. So to write a great story, one of the first things I will tell you is something that you will do at the end, and that is to delete unnecessary details. If you've ever been listening to someone tell you a story and they seem to just go down these rabbit trails that you have no idea why they're important to the story, how they connect back to the story. What you have to know is in that person's mind, it does all connect. And when you're writing your story, you probably will have some things like that that you can delete when you're revising. Your story should include details, but only if they're relevant to the story. Only you get to decide if they're relevant or not, but if the details don't tell us anything about the action, the person or character in the story or the end result, You need to question whether or not you need to include those details. In fact, you should probably suck it up and delete it. (laughs) And sometimes it can be hard to delete your writing when you spend so much time on it. But trust me, it'll be worth it in the end. When you're writing a story, try to use specific verbs. So again, you can do this in the revision process. You don't have to do it in the actual first draft writing. But when you look at certain words, like take, for example, walk. You could say someone walked or he strolled or he hiked or he shuffled or he stepped and they all have similar meanings, but they all have slightly different meanings and they bring to mind very different images. And there are times when you'll want to choose a better verb, something that's more specific to the moment. There are some times when walk will suffice, but when you're creating a specific image, you're trying to put us in a scene, you may want to choose a more specific verb. Often you will want to use the five stories to connect the the five stories. You will want to use the five senses to connect with your readers. Now this does not apply to every story, but when it does, you will use sight, smell, touch, sound, and taste to bring the reader into your world and put the reader in your scene. Now, if you're writing a memoir, you are much more likely to use all of the senses at some point. And honestly, you probably should if you're writing a memoir. There are moments where you will have a meal in a memoir. You will remember a meal. You will remember the smell of a place or the perfume a person wore or the way it smelled at your grandmother's house, the memory of baking rolls in the oven, homemade rolls. These are all things you can use to evoke emotion and memory in your reader. So if it's relevant, find a way to include the five senses. Also, be specific when you're describing some of the details in your story. That doesn't mean you need to get down into a whole lot of adjectives and adverbs. But if you're talking about a bird outside of your window and it's a sparrow, just go ahead and call it a sparrow. If you got a car for your 16th birthday, but it was a red 69 Mustang, tell us it was a red 69 Mustang that your parents got you for your 16th birthday. Those kinds of details can really bring a story to life for your reader. Even in case studies, you can use dialogue to help your story come off the page and into the reader's imagination, right? So for a how-to book... you can use quotes from the person or people in the case study. You can share a snippet from a conversation that you had with a client. And if you're writing a full-out scene, such as something that took place in a memoir, then you definitely want to include dialogue. And speaking of dialogue, limit most of your dialogue attributions to said or asked. Dialogue attributions are just those like short words that tell us who's speaking. John said, run. Said is a dialogue attribution, and it's the simplest and usually the only one you need. Said and asked. We don't need a lot of the more complicated, proclaimed and announced and screeched and commanded and remarked. Those things can make it start to feel like juvenile writing. I'm not saying they're never needed, but there are times when, but they're rarely needed. (laughs) I should say that. And overusing them can really start to wear down the reader. Moving on from that pet peeve. Put the reader in a specific place and time. Don't just drop the reader into a story. So when it matters, let us know what the season was, the year, the time of day or night, and where we are. Even a case study, which is a brief, brief story, should tell us when and sometimes where the case actually happened. So if you're writing a scene and we have no idea where we are or no idea when this happened, it can be confusing for the reader. It can start to read as very superficial almost um, as if we are disconnected from what's happening in the book. So put the reader in the actual place where you were. So the time and place when it when it's actually relevant, and it often is. Rather than tell us about your emotions or anyone else's emotions, show us. You don't have to tell us, quote, unquote, I was so sad. Show us your sadness in your actions and in your dialogue. It's pretty easy to do and And that applies to all of the emotions. It doesn't evoke the same emotion in us when you tell us about an emotion as it does when you show it to us include action in your stories something has to happen or it's not really a story it doesn't have to be something huge it doesn't have to be a car chase it doesn't have to be a shootout at the okay corral it just needs to be something happening in the story and there's usually an obstacle to overcome during that action so show us how you quit your job to start your business or how you revamped your diet to reclaim your health or how your client took action to put your strategies to work whatever it is that happened in your In your story, show us that action. Also, make sure there's a beginning, middle, and end to every story. Now, in some stories, that could take place over as few as three sentences. In others, it can take a whole chapter or even the whole book to tell the story, but we need to have a beginning, middle, and end. Whatever problem there is needs to be resolved. Whatever goal there is, it either needs to be achieved or a fit in failure to achieve that goal. There needs to be a lesson learned, some kind of insight, some kind of closure put on the end of that story. In most stories, the main character, whether that's you, a client, or someone else wants something. So for example, in a case study, a business coach's client wants to increase subscription box subscribers in the beginning of the story. The client has a limited budget. That limited budget That's the obstacle the client has to overcome. In the middle of the story, the coach gives the client an effective strategy that works for the client's budget. And at the end, the client achieves a 50% increase in subscribers. So that's a story told in basically three sentences. And it's for a case study. Now, of course, your stories can be much more expansive. They can be much more detailed. It just depends on what you need for your book. Case studies are usually going to be shorter, but when you're writing other kinds of books, they may be much longer. In a subject matter expert book, your stories could include the story of how you, the author, researched and uncovered facts and made discoveries about historical events or the stories of the historical events themselves. In a memoir, it's especially easy to get caught up in reciting the facts of your life and recounting the events you experienced, but that's not interesting for the reader. Show us the conflicts you experienced with people and institutions and organizations and even within yourself. Show us how you grew and changed. Show us your real story. If you have most of these elements In most of your stories, no matter what kind of book you're writing, it'll be so much easier to keep your readers reading so they get results. And in many cases, they will want to connect with you more. They will want to reach out to you more, promote your book, share your book, because they will feel like they know you. They will feel like they can trust you. They will feel like they that they, they have discovered someone who's a real expert. I'm your author coach, Candice L. Davis. I hope this has been helpful for you. I hope you understand how much story can really separate your book from the other books in your niche. Thanks so much for listening to Nothing But The Words. As always, I'd appreciate a great review if you loved this episode. I'll see you next time.